Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to the Gallant View Rangers podcast. My name's Colin Duff and I'll be your host this evening. Um, a lot to get through, a lot to chat about. Thankfully, it's looking a bit more positive, this podcast, um, the agenda for it anyway, than it did Saturday night. Plenty to cover, plenty to cover. so here to join me. First of all, Mason, how are you doing, Mason? All good, thanks, Colin. Uh, hello, boys, good to be back on, um, which is gonna, I think is going to be a historic day for us today. Um, been yeah, been buzzing. Uh, watching Sky Sports news, um, and it's cheered, definitely cheered me up after the result uh, uh, Saturday. So uh, looking forward to it. Aye, and I just hope Rangers uh, get the Rangers Twitter admin gets his finger out. Um, also joining us, uh, Steve. How are you, mate? Evening, everybody. Uh, thanks for having me on again, Colin. Uh, yeah, I'm actually starting to get in the kind of panic stage again because it's not been announced. So. Um, I've kind of had the lows of the weekend to the highs of today and now starting to kind of get a bit low again unless Rangers get their finger out, to be honest. It's it's, it's not like Rangers to put us on an emotional roller coaster. Even in the bizarre, a bizarre bleak Monday night, um, Rangers still have a way of being the puppet master for your heartstrings. And last but not least, Chris, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, Colin. I'm good, mate. It's obviously been an interesting day. Um, I didn't think you would be able to talk tracking Geo's plane, obviously, coming over for Holland, but everybody trying to dissect an image of Aaron Ramsey and a Range Rover um, was interesting. So, aye, um, aye, good, mate. Hopefully, all going well. We get um, a few things announced shortly, but aye, interesting day um, with Rangers. I tell you what, man, the security guards at Glasgow Airport must fucking love Rangers. Every transfer window, they, they, they'll get their overtime for for the perimeter. Like, we guys with the binoculars and that, phoning a pal. Jet is just... Aye, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, 
obviously been a busy day and we're going to get right in there. But uh, first of all, I hope you'll indulge us. Why do talk to you something that is much more important than football? Um, you know, we as a po- podcast, we do what I support um, a charity, Man on Inverclyde. It's a mental health charity based in Inverclyde itself, specialising in suicide prevention. And um, we're lucky enough that one of one of our podders actually works for Man on Inverclyde. So, Chris, I'm going to hand on hand over to you. Cheers, Colin. Thank you very much. Hi. So, so Man On Inverclyde is a suicide prevention charity based in my home area, um, Inverclyde. And it was myself that founded um, the charity. I started it up just before the pandemic, um, just through my own personal experience and my dad um, and his mental health. And it's grew arms and legs, really, in terms of the support that's available in the community. So, we are sort of looking forward to Time to Talk Day, which is this Thursday. It's a kind of nationwide um, mental health campaign it's basically trying to get people to, to open up and to talk so um, if people are interested um, in reaching out to ourselves or you've got a friend or a family member we support men um, women um, and young people sort of 15 plus in the area and beyond so we do things on zoom and things in person so certainly if you, you want to get in touch um, I'm sure uh, Colin wouldn't mind you messaging the sort of Gallant Few pages but also as well you'll find us on uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter and Instagram at Man on Inverclyde so I hopefully you know if, if you know anybody or you want to just get a wee bit of advice for yourself then feel free to get in touch you know it's it's a confidential service we've got lots of people kind of around the clock supporting people so I get in touch um, if you live locally and um, there's lots of stuff for you to get involved in and um, you can come and join us on a Friday and watch me terribly try and play football um, if you want to get involved in a football therapy um, so all of our stuff's free as well so none of it you pay for and there's no waiting lists for any of support so aye get in touch um, if, if you want to find out more and just echoing what Chris says there absolutely like whether it's on Facebook Instagram Twitter whatever just feel free to message the board anytime this is um, you know the, the whole reason we're starting up a podcast to try and build a, a community, community um, Rangers fans obviously but you know, you can message anytime um, and, you know, get in touch if you know, uh, as Chris says, if you know MD who could benefit, you know, have a look at Man On Inverclyde. Um, and I think, I, I'm in Rutherland, I'm miles away from Inverclyde, but watching Chris kick about on a Friday night and then there's a Dan Twirls must be a sight to be seen, so... <laughs> Aye, it's, it's a sight, definitely. Um, I think I pulled about three hamstrings on Friday, one, twice. Um, so, aye, it's definitely good digging out the old boots. But it's a mixture of people, you know, but effectively it's f- football for me is something that can just act as, you know, a barrier for, you know, removing those barriers for people. It removes everything. It, it can bring people together, whether you're watching it um, or, or you're playing it. So, I, for, for me, it's, it's massive. So if you want to come get a kick about, it's on a Monday and a Friday, but I only play the Friday, so. No, and, you know, massive good on you, Chris. Um, it's, a, you know, it's, it's a really important line of work that you do. And uh, it's, you know, I'm sure over the last two years, we've seen how important uh, charities like Man On are. And uh, you'll know firsthand how, how much a difference you make. So I'm sure I'm speaking behalf of the boys and saying thanks and well done for, you know, the help you give to everybody. 
Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Colin. Thank you. It's been busy, um, but you know, it's it, we, we want to support people. That's what we're here for. Yeah, brilliant, mate. So, moving, um, you know, moving back onto the this week's uh, topics, um, as we were chatting about in the in the, in the opening intro, I was actually wondering who'd be the first one to, to utter his names. So I, I kind of alluded to it. Mason teased a wee bit more than Steve was. Being out in the bush and press bang, right, and we are in Ramsey. Um, I was wondering who was going to be the first to say it, but we will come to him. The reason no right to talk about it right now, quarter past seven. I'm hoping maybe 15 20 minutes into the pod, it will pop up as an announcement on one of our phones. Um, if not, we will get to that. So, Mason, first transfer business of the day for Rangers, Matthias Zukowski signing from Lekia Gdansk, 20 year old right back. Um, I'm not going to put you in a spot and ask you if you know much about the Polish league, but um, it's. I think you said before about the the footballing department. Now they're in untapped markets. It's a wider reach that we're looking at, so it's it's quite exciting. Yeah, um, I, I read a little bit this morning about him. Um, he's got uh, bundles of pace. Um, he's he's played a lot for Poland uh, under 21s. Um, and I think he's at a really good age. So, um, no, look, we need to be finding these these gems uh, in Europe. We're not going to be able to go, um, you know, into the big the big five leagues and take, you know, their best youngsters. We just we just can't simply can't afford them. Um, but um, no, I think it, we definitely needed to cover a right back for me, a proper right back, because I know we signed uh, James Sands who can play there. But um, I don't, I'm not a big fan of players that can do a job here and there. I like, I like to get players that, you know, especially the way we play. And you see, um, you know, if he's an attacking fullback as well. I think that's quite exciting. So no, I'm, I'm really pleased we, we got that. I wasn't sure uh, we was gonna we was gonna get a right back in. So I'm, I'm really happy we have to be honest. And it's the right age as well, Tony. We want to, it's a, it's a uh, business model we've been talking about for the last few years. Bring him in, and it's an undisclosed fee, but it won't be millions and millions. Of, you know, it's, um, we don't really know how much you spend, but it won't be a massive amount. But uh, the idea with this guy is definitely bring him in, compete uh, with James Tavernier, potentially replace Tavernier, and then get a good few seasons, sell him on for millions. Yeah, no, um, no, definitely. He's not gonna, you know, he, he's not gonna come in and, and play uh, ahead of Tav uh, anytime soon. But Tavernier needs as well someone behind him pushing him. I think that's when we got the best out of uh, out of Tavernier as well. People, you know, seem to forget there was years when he was the only right proper right back we had there. So um, Patterson was good for Tavernier as well. So um, that's another reason um, that we, that we needed to get another right back in as well. Steve, um, another bit of transfer news that uh, been that's been announced in Sky Sports. Not um, it's it's not too positive, but I, I'm not really too downbeat about this. I don't know if you've got um, other views. So Hearts have rejected another bid for John Suter. So uh, I'm probably in the minority here, where I don't think it's. I'm not too fussed either way if he does sign this window right now. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't really know how much how comfortable I feel with Rangers going over the three hundred grand mark for a player we're going to get in the summer anyway. Where do you lie in that? It, I think the goalposts probably changed slightly when I think um, Craig Halkett got injured for Hearts at the weekend. I know they signed another centre half, but you know if, if they let Suter go just now, then that's the 
sort of central defensive pair, uh, partnership gone for the rest of the season. If you keep Suter, they've got the new guy coming in. So kind of looking at it from a heart's point of view, um, I just think it's one of them. We have our val- we have our valuation for what he's worth just now, and they have theirs. You know, he's still under contract at Hearts, so it'd be much the same if, say, Goldson had signed for somebody and they offer us 600 grand from, you know, you just have to balance up for your own club. Do you think it's worth it? I don't think it's worth falling out with Hearts over, um, but we'll just see in the last few hours if, if we can get it over the line. I'm, I'm the same with you. I don't think there's a, a desperate need. Um, I'd like to think Holander's sort of on his way back, and I think Bass has done pretty well. So, yeah, we'll just see if it happens or not. But I, I certainly wouldn't be uh, going crazy and doubling or bid or anything in the last few hours. No, that's I, 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 the same line of thinking for me. Uh, Hollander, he shouldn't be too far away. I mean, if he's too far away, then we do have um, bigger issues. And it's it, with no, no disrespect to John Suter, we'd, if we were ever lose Hollander long term, it's a higher calibre of centre half than John Suter. We need to replace him. But also, Leon Balligan's back. Um, he, I know he's not started yet, but he is back, fit enough to play, getting up to match fitness. And as you say, Calvin Bassey. Um, he's done a, a decent enough job at centre half for the most part. We will come on here Ross County later on um, to bring us all back to the earth. But no, I, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for me if, uh, if John Sutter doesn't sign. Um, Chris, I suppose I don't want to, I don't want to be too harsh and bury him too much, but as I suppose a bit of positive news um, that we've moved on a squad player. Brandon Barker has left the club by mutual consent. Um, it looks as if with all the, the rumours that he might be um, he might be getting sniffed at by Hibs. Um, he's always going to go down as a bit of a joke figure he is, but it's, um, it's the best move for all parties, isn't it? Uh, without a doubt, I don't think he's ever really... Um, Jumped out to me as somebody you're, you're screaming to kind of get in the team. Um, very, it's, it's just not worked for him. Um, be interesting to see, you know, if he, if he was to go to, you know, Hibs or whatever and see if he can kind of um, cut it there. But I think it's it's very different, you know, the demands are playing for playing for Rangers and even, you know, just now some of your players that are, you know, like, like Kent's probably not in the best of form himself, you know, and he's unbelievable um, talent so it is a different demand uh, playing for playing for Rangers and maybe going to Hibs is, is a good option for for Barker um, and, and looking at that it was interesting though because when he kind of burst onto the scene before he came here and he was up in Scotland you're, you're thinking he's going to be you know a cracking player obviously Man City but it's just not worked for him um, and I think you know the groans um, at Ibrooks if his name's read out or he's warming up tells you that the the, the crowd only really have not bought into him. Um, and and sometimes the Ibrooks crowd can be overly harsh, but I think on this occasion with Barker it's justified. I don't think his performances are um, match up. We're getting more game time, so for us um, it's good business if we can get him kind of out the door. I think we've all sort of spoken about players that have just stayed overstayed their welcome. So if we can move him on get him off the wage bill um, and if he goes to another club no matter who that is you know I've not got a lot of time for Hibs but um, if, if he goes to Hibs and does well then you know fair play to him but aye if we can get rid of him then I would be happy There's a real air of Philip Siebel about this um, for me and the reason is all I can really remember Brandon Barker is um, when he was randomly started 
at Parkhead. And he actually done okay. Like it was a lot of we we done a lot of chasing the ball that game, but we got the result. And he, his job was just to press. And I remember Walter Smith uh, when he first came back. Uh, out of the boy started Philip Sebo um, up front of Parkhead, and he absolutely battered the Celtic um, defenders. And that's my like that's probably my only real highlight of Philip Sebo, other than the deflected Chelsea goal. But it was a friendly, so it doesn't count. But as you say. All the best at Brandon Barker, but it's the right move. It's, we are we can be a tough crowd, um, but I think when it gets to this level, it's near on impossible to, to return to that. I know, I agree. And I think, uh, you know, one thing I thought with Barker actually might have worked out for us, particularly under Gerard, was when you're talking going away to these kind of tougher away grounds in Europe um, and kind of going on the press, you know, similarly, what we saw kind of Middleton Day actually at different points, but... Even that didn't really materialise for him. He did okay, obviously, in that Celtic game, aye, but um, aye, it's just, it's it's not worked out for him um, over, overall at Rangers. I think that's um, been, probably been kind to him, actually, to be honest. Aye. So we've managed to kill about 15 minutes and no announcement, boys, so we're just going to, I'm going to put my neck in the line here and because of how much momentum this has gathered and the reports that's came out and that boy Fabrizio who fucking knows everything um, I don't know why he doesn't pick the lottery numbers um, he's said it's happening so Mason I'll start with you Aaron Ramsey what the fuck's going on how are we how are we even linked with Aaron Ramsey oh, I don't know this morning I see it early doors off 7 8 o'clock on Twitter by an Italian Italian account and I just thought, oh, deadline day, you know, nonsense. Um, and then I think that Fabrizio about 10 o'clock, he tweeted that there was some interest and then you're starting going, oh, hold on a minute. Um, and then it just, just grew arms and legs from there. And um, oh, listen, uh, yeah, I'm confident, you know, from 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 the noises we're getting, it's going to happen. So I'm putting my uh, neck out there and all, but what a signing, you know what I mean? What a signing is exactly the type of player that we've needed for me um for for years um and i know all right you know i say that we won the league last season by canter and uh we're scoring goals for fun but goals for midfield is something that um we've lacked and and ramsey's got that in abundance um so you know you're talking about a player that yeah he hasn't played a lot of football but every time he plays for wows he's the best player on the pitch um and you look at his career that he's had at arsenal and he you know for me he gets into nearly every team in the premier uh, squad in the premier league apart from man city and uh, Liverpool. i think everyone else would have it um so that's the type of player that we're, we're getting and uh you can't help but be excited by that oh, steve um you <laughs> but you made uh, quite a funny point before we before we started recording about where does he fit in the team um, he fits in fucking anywhere really doesn't he well, yeah, so when I first got a text about this this morning, um, sorry for the bad language, but I replied, uh, fuck off, was the, <laughs> the only thing I said. I, did, I, didn't even, I didn't even give it the time of day. And I, I was actually had quite a busy day at work. Um, but back to my phone maybe half an hour later, and I think that was the first time that Fabrizio Romano had sort of got involved. And I, I give him quite a lot of credit. I think he's usually pretty spot on. So I started sort of... Believing it a bit, and um, I have to say, my work ethic today was absolutely horrific. I hope my boss doesn't listen to this. Um, and then, so speaking to another Rangers fan at work, and uh, I've said to him, Oh, we've been linked to Aaron Ramsey. And he says, oh, But where, where does he get an hour midfield? Who do we drop for him? I was like, Fucking anybody. <laughs> I was like, He walks into any team in Scotland, honestly. Um, 
And so I was sort of listening to the uh, stuff on the way home there. I think he's passed his medical. Um, so I just, I, I don't even know what I think about it. Like, I, I think, you know, you sometimes get linked with players and you kind of make your mind up, but I, I don't know. I just, I did not envisage us getting somebody of his quality because when he is on form, he walks into a lot of teams. So he does. Um, one slight caveat, he has only played a few games since November. Uh, it's probably one of the reasons we are getting him, to be honest. You know, if he'd played 20 games for Juventus and they wanted rid of him, I don't think he would be coming to Scotland. I'll be honest about that. But if he is fit, and uh, let's remember that he's, you know, he's got, him and Bale seem to really like playing for Wales. So I think he's got a point to prove. He wants to be in uh, at least the qualifier for Wales and he wants to get to the, the finals. So he has got a point to prove. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm still in a wee bit of shock, to be honest. So I can't offer much more insight than that. I think uh, <laughs> shock is just the overarching uh, feeling of the whole Rangers support as well. Um, Chris, they, like, see that the whole mechanics of the business side of this deal is probably why I'm starting to get my head around. It's something meant like 350 grand a week he was on at UV. And it's reporting that Rangers were potentially paying like a £2 million fee for the loan and UV will still pay the wages. And then we've got an option to buy um, in the summer or something. But I don't know. As, um, I, I kind of want <laughs> Just for the meltdown that would happen in the East End of Glasgow, I would kind of like to see an EBT returning here. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of money, you know, in terms of his wages and make no mistake about it, Aaron Ramsey is an elite footballer. There is there is no doubt about it. Um it's uh I was baffled when I saw it at first this morning. Um I think the guy's profile picture who tweeted it first just looked sort of a dodgy wee guy that didn't look as if he had any knowledge, you know, so you kinda of file it under not gonna happen. Another deadline day madness rumour that we've had a few of those. Robin Van Persie, kind of uh, think of a, a recent one, but it, it, the fact that it's obviously get you know get legs and um, the fact that it's you know you're hearing that he's past his medical and stuff. I'd imagine the announcement will be <clears throat> imminent. So I mean, he's he's a totally top footballer. Um, if we can get him even fifty percent of what he was like at you know at Arsenal, um, then ideal. I mean, he played four games in the Euros, I think this summer scored a goal, um, his last game for Wales he scored two, um, so he's he's obviously, still, I mean he's, he's, he's still got all the ability in the world he's just obviously, as Steve said, the injury, um, you know, the injuries he's had and where it's been, you know Juventus might not be the, the best place for him, you know, it, it, it might not be fitting over there or for whatever reason so bringing him obviously back over to the UK and, and getting him here for me, he slots into Probably most midfield midfields in in the country, and I'm including the Premier League in that as well. You know, on his game, um, by all accounts, um, he, he's potentially knocked back a couple of opportunities to go back into the Premier League. Um, so I top top player. Um, it's a strange one because it's right out of the blue, but I think a deal like this doesn't happen sort of overnight. So it's clear, obviously, Ross Wilson's maybe been working on this for. For a wee bit, um, so no, I'm, I'm I'm delighted if if and when it goes over the line, I just don't want to jinx it, obviously. But it looks like it's it's going to happen, but not excellent. And I think we've all been kind of you know at different points crying out for more goals from midfield, um, and that is certainly what Aaron Ramsey will bring you any midfield 
Um, until I've heard something on a uh, phone and the guy was questioning, you know, if if he could play in Scotland, and you're just <laughs> thinking, I mean, that's that's just unbelievable, you know. Um, he he can play here without a doubt, um, and you know, it's it's um, it's a good move for him because he's he's obviously got the, the World Cup qualifiers coming up, as Steve touched on. Um, and you know, obviously Scotland potentially is one of the, the opponents that, that he could face. So brilliant, brilliant move for the club. Um, and I hopefully announce shortly. Uh, a wee bit of pee came out there because I got a, a notification from Twitter on my phone, and it was just somebody retweeting the absolute some of the brilliant replies that's been going to John Hartson today. Um, John Hartson, for some reason, he was talking about his single handle. So he rattled Rangers for years or something. Fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> on, the, on the eve of Rangers signing Aaron Ramsey, idiots like John Hartson still managed to make themselves relevant. Um, but no, I can't really disagree with it. And then he's said, like Chris, you said, absolute elite player. And I don't know, this is just... I don't want to say turning point, but I think it's just a sign of the progression of the club. Um, I know it's a lonely buy. I know it's um, the circumstances around it are based on him being injured, no getting game time stuff. But this level, a player, this level of signing doesn't happen um, for Rangers two or three years ago, Mason. Um, all the work we've done off and on the park, it's getting us it's, it's at the table now. No, yeah, definitely. I think Ross Wilson deserves a will deserve a lot of credit um, if this gets and the, and the board as well, um, because you know we was all very frustrated. I think um, you know before we signed uh, Diallo as well um, that there wasn't enough. You know we didn't have enough, um, especially with with what's at stake this season. You know, forty million uh, Champions League money, but but more than that, we want to you know we, we want to win the league again. You know, and I, I've read a lot about we need the money, we need the money. No, look, we want to win. You know, what I mean that's first and foremost, and. Uh, I feel like we didn't. We summer business was really poor for me, um, and uh, I think you know if if we get as I said if we get Ramsey over the line, um, and and you look at the squad um, and you go and right we've we've, we've got the best uh, best squad in Scotland. Let's go and let's go and win the double now and um, you know make the most of it. So on this, and um, we're going to touch on the Celtic game, but. I I do want to bring us back down the earth. I've seen a lot of people already talk about. Listen, we've got a scud game on Wednesday night with Kamara and Ramsey in the middle of the park. Sorry for being this guy and pissing on the parade, but I don't think, like, if and when he signs, for me, doesn't go into the team on Wednesday. It's a bit different for Diallo, young fat boy who's ready to play, and that's a position we've we've typically struggled in this year, uh, whereas I think we've got good enough midfield options. Any objections to that? No. No, no, definitely. It just depends where he's at. But I was going to um, suggest that what we should do is, is bring him out at half-time with an angel scarf and see where reception is, obviously, from Celtic fans. I'm sure they'll be um, quite happy to welcome the, the best player that's played in here uh, for a long time, but I doubt it. But no, I, I think just where he's at, maybe he's game thing. I don't know, though. I mean, I would have said the same about Diallo when he just got pinged, obviously, into the team. So Gio doesn't seem to be shirking away from making a decision. Um, I think if Aaron Ramsey's got one, leg, he's probably got a chance of playing well in that game on Wednesday, so um, <laughs> aye. it'll be interesting to see if he does get game time. 
don't make no mistake about it. He's coming to play in those games. He's he's knowing that he's coming here to play. Um, whether he's you know match fit or not, I'm not sure. But certainly that's a game Aaron Ramsey will be looking forward to. I mean, just thinking from a Wales perspective, how many times has he kind of stood up to the plate in the big occasion for them? You know, so uh, it's just a shame that it's maybe happened on Wednesday. But I'd imagine he'll be wanting a jersey. See, for me, um, for Wednesday, I think it depends how much he's been training at Juventus. If he's been training at Juventus and he's just not been picked because he's fell out of favour and he's fit enough to go and play for Rangers anywhere, in my opinion. If he's not been playing at Juventus because he has had a niggle, then I don't think he plays on Wednesday. Uh, probably, I don't think there'll be much of a training session tomorrow before the game, so I think he'll probably have to take his word for it. But I, I would imagine he would at least make the bench. And I think that would be probably the right decision. Right, and I think um, we more and more in football these days we talk about the um, how do I say the the kind of non-measurable and the non-physical aspects of squads and players. I think if you're Arfield or Aribo or Kamara um, or whoever's in the middle of the park on Wednesday night, and you know. Aaron Ramsey sitting there, you're putting in that extra ten percent. You're running that extra extra half yard to get there, because um, he's taking somebody's jersey. So you want to make sure it's not yours. So, just finishing on the transfer business, um, and again, sorry, <laughs> sorry, we're only ninety nine percent confirming that Ramsey's signing, uh, um, but it's ah, it's typical. I, I remember when we signed them. Um, Ryan Kent on Casper Kentgate, and um, we done a pod that night as well. And the bastards made his wait to midnight to confirm it. So, um, you know, if you want, if you want a big signing done, uh, just make sure Gavin Fuel doing a uh, doing a podcast on transfer deadline day. But anyway, the last bit of transfer news, um, Steve. I know you wanted to touch on this. Jermaine Defoe, um, we were all, I think. All, all of that sad to see him go, but understood why it was best for him and the club. Um, should to see he's got a club now and back, come back to a place where he's really loved and really held in high regard, signing for Sunderland. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yep. Um, I think we touched on that 
um, when he left, I sort of made mention that Bill was thought he was a bit of a legend. Well, obviously he was a legend as a player anyway. His, his record speaks for that, but as a person, the way he conducted himself with Bradley Bowery eh, when he was at Sunderland the first time. So I think it's absolutely perfect. I'm going back. I think the only slight tinge of sadness I've got about the way he left is I wish we'd kept him for the Sterling game. I would have loved to have been there um, and he got a bit of a send-off for the fans, to be honest. Um, and, you know, he wasn't actually at Rangers very long, but I think the fans really took him to, to heart. I think he brought other players on. He always spoke great about the club. Uh, so, yeah, wish him all the best. And I, I'll really be keeping an eye on Sunderland's results and hope they go up. Yeah, all the best, Jermaine Defoe, and um, you can meet yeah, I've never met him, but I'd imagine... Uh, I think the biggest testament you hear for players like Jermaine Defoe is MD that meets him, they say he's exactly how you'd think he is. And, you know, I think a lot of people say that about Steve Davis as well. You just imagine him like being a really sound uncle or whatever. Um, but all the best to Jermaine Defoe. Um, so... Uh, the pod's got to get progressively worse for a wee bit for the next 10 minutes because we've got to go back to Ross County uh, Mason we're not going to play, uh, go through it play by play but um, your overall thoughts on the, the county game on Saturday afternoon uh, look, really, really disappointed with the result. I think you know it was that was a place where we should not be dropping points, let alone conceding three goals. So um, that was, you know, that was it's, it's, today's helps, but you know, all, you know, it was tough, tough. That when that ball, you know, went in that last minute, it just hit the floor. It was just like, you know, we needed to, we needed to win, um, as always. But um, performance-wise. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, first half was was poor for me. We scored really early, and normally when we score really early, it's a case of getting the second. The game's done. Uh, we took the foot off the gas. We we, you know, we went very very passive, and um, two mis- all all three goals mistakes. Um, won't go. I said won't go through all three goals, but all three of them are just personal mistakes. Um, but the one the one actually that that winds me up the most is the third goal. It's just the game management. You know, I think that is really frustrating, and that has killed us a lot of times this season. Um, where where we should be having three points and we've ended up you know dropping it to one just just seeing the game out Lundstrom trying to play a forty yard ball that's just not on from the throwing Kamara plays really sloppy five yard pass and then the court you know it's just it's just shambles but um, to be honest with you the second half uh, until we scored the third goal it was the best we've been in a, in a long while it was just constant attacks you know what I mean the fullbacks were higher. Um, so it, I thought, well, this is a kick up the arse that we needed at, at half time, and uh, we come out flying. But once we scored the third goal, we, we sat in again, and um, and we went back to where we was in the first half. But um, look, no, it was it was a really really poor result. We can't you know can't get away from that. Chris um, Mason mentioned game management there, and I want to ask you uh, your thoughts on this. It's um, I, <sighs> I think it's a mixture of game management, tactics and individual errors. For me, I'm I'm going to weigh more in individual errors because I don't think any tactics in the world can account for a centre-half miss kicking the ball, for example, or a goalkeeper dropping the ball. But what's, um, I think Gio's got a fair bit of stick and the, the manager, the buck always stops, uh, stops with the manager, sorry, but what's concerning me as... What Mason described there with the game management, that's what we've seen in the early days under Gerard from the same players. Um, so is this players reverting to type under pressure or is this something coming from the sidelines? 
think there's a few things in there for me. Probably I'll, I'll take the game management thing first because I think even if you remember um, the game in Benfica when we're you know ahead in there and should have been comfortable, Scott Arfield get the opportunity to take it into the corner and he tries to beat the man and play in Morelos and we end up obviously conceding. So that is an issue there with this group of players in terms of game management. Interestingly though, I don't know if you remember last season, um, but that was a strength for us. We kept the ball in the corner quite a lot for the last five, six minutes. I remember Joe Aribo, people just bouncing off him trying to get it. Um, and and we, we had no shame about when we'd done that. We were doing it at Ibrooks, we were doing it away from home. So... I don't know if they feel with a crowd they need to, you know, maybe do something different. I'm not sure, but certainly it didn't feel like an issue last year. But we were able to grind out those results, um, so it is a concern. Um, individual errors, the manager can't account for that. Um, that's obviously, you know, for me, Aaron McGregor, uh, his performance at, at the weekend. Even the, I mean, the, the final one in the third was was just utterly baffling the way he done it. But um, he can't account for that. But what I do think, um, Gio does need to take a bit of um, the blame for, and I've been dead supportive of the appointment of Gio and um, back him, you know, one hundred percent. But one thing I have noticed. Um, is that when we get a lead in games we tend to try and sit on that um, and that seems to happen quite instantly after taking the lead um, I'm not saying we don't then go and have chances but I think we take the foot off the gas in terms of the press and we try and sit in and absorb a bit of pressure but what happens in there in, in Scotland for me is you then give these teams that sort of encouragement to then attack us um, and, and if your defence is a bit ropey um, because they've obviously conceded then you're potentially running the risk of conceding later on. And I think for us, the best form of defence is attack in those type of, type of scenarios, you know, pressing forward and sticking to that. If we would have done that and continued that, even for another five or ten minutes, we probably would have got the other goal, which would have sealed it. Um, I can't kind of see us conceding two from there. So I think there's, there's definitely bits there. Um, I know Dick Advocate was very stubborn. Um, as a manager and obviously would have have his ways. So I know Gio's obviously learned from him. So I hope that he's noticing things. I hope he's noticing this and noticing that sort of drop off when we get the lead. In Scotland, we should definitely be, you know, in, in that case, pushing forward. Um, I did say on a podcast um, that I thought it was going to be tricky um, at different points. I don't know why, I just did that sense, but... I did you're see a fucking three. jinx. So yeah, you're, you're a jinx. I know, I know. I just think that the last two games against them were four two, and they were actually tricky at different points. Um, but what we done in in Dingwall, the first game under Gerard, was we actually continued to try and be on the front foot, even though when they were pressing us. So, aye, they're quite. They've got tricky players. I know it sounds mad because it's Ross County, but you know they, they they've got tricky players, and they've got the big striker who obviously um, can hold the ball up and win. So they're competitive. Um, so I, for for me, it was it was very disappointing. I was very annoyed for most of Saturday, um, but as the as the rest of the day obviously progressed as well. But you know, as what it is, um, and I, I think for me, what what, what I realised on Saturday, even though I felt it for a while, is there is going to be a title race this year, and it's going to be the first time for a long time. Um, and I think people kind of forget what they feel like. Um, so I think it's time to kind of maybe strap in for for one of those um, twists and, and turns and stuff like that. But ultimately, we should have won on Saturday. Um, a few players need to carry responsibility, but I also think the manager does as well. Steve, I think, um, you know, I don't think Mason or, or Chris has put a word wrong there in terms of what we need to do better. And it was, it was absolutely evident for for all we see on Saturday. Um, in the post-match reaction video, I... Um, 
I nearly stopped, had to bite my tongue saying it because I thought I'd maybe get a bit of backlash, but I did say we played better than what it feels like. And in hindsight, looking back, and Mason touched on it there, where the goals went forward. I suppose if we're looking for positives, Adibo, best Rangers player in the park, I don't think he he can come away with any complaints. I thought Diallo had a good d- debut. Um, I, I thought Arfield was uh, late runs as well, really done. So going forward, I think that's um, you can see still see his progressively getting better. Yeah, um, everybody's made kind of good points there, and it's confused me a wee bit. I felt like I was going to just sit and have a bit of a rant about Saturday, but um, so I'll just kind of say how I how I seen it. I was quite surprised Diallo started, and I think I had actually said to a few people that I thought it might not be the right decision. I thought it might overarm, and then four minutes later, um, I was kind of texting saying, "What do I know about football?" Cause I thought he'd done well. Um, I thought for the rest of the first half we were absolutely abysmal. I really do. I thought that was as bad as I've seen us for a while. Um, and then I would have to agree with Mason. I thought thought we'd done well going forward in the second half. After the game on Saturday, I was raging with Van Bronckhurst. I really like. I felt like he had caused us to sit back. Um, but I watched the game back on Sunday, and I actually think the second half we did play well, right? And my only sort of criticism now of Van Bronckhurst. I'm far from raging where I'm now, but only criticism would be we'd already had two bad mistakes for their goals. I think when your defence are having that kind of day and your keeper are that having that kind of day to have the manager to encourage them in any way to sit back is a mistake because you know that they're having one of them days. So I get it if if you're in the middle of a run, you've maybe conceded one goal in seven or something that you would rely on your defence and you've got a bit of confidence. But really, who had confidence in our defence when that ball out for the corner in the 96th minute? You know, I'm not being uh, clever behind sight, but I was half expecting a goal, to be honest. Um, as for who made the mistakes, Alan McGregor, you know, what the CEO was really, not much. So I'm happy just to, you know, hold your hands up and say, right, two mistakes in one game. I struggle to think of two McGregor mistakes in his career at Rangers. So, um, Positive, as you say, a rebound, thought class again. Sometimes he just couldn't get the ball off on that run that he done on the left hand side and sort of cut in. And the only the only thing that was annoying about that was the Sky Sports camera. He felt like he was miles away. You know, he didn't know if the ball was in or out, kind of thing. But um, yeah, and I thought Diallo, he looked really class. He never had lots of the ball, but when he had the ball, he was dangerous. Um, and I think in a big pitch with a bit of space, I wouldn't like him running at me. Um, Granted, I'm 40 and overweight and maybe not a professional footballer, but uh, I don't think full-backs in Scotland will want him running us. So my takeaway to sort of Saturday is, um, whether we like it or not, that was a massive momentum swing. Uh, you know, a goal in our injury time, a goal in their injury time. Um, if the shoe was on the other foot, our tails would be up. Um, so, yeah, we just have, we just have to move on. Um, not often Rangers score three goals and, and he dropped points. That, that, that just shouldn't happen. Um, and again, I might be ra- uh, sort of rambling a wee bit here, but as I said on Saturday, I was raging at Van Bronckhurst, but when you think about what can he do for them three goals, you know, even if you have decided to sit back, if your defend, uh, central defender's got to have a fresh air swing at it and your keeper's got to basically palm one in the striker's path for two yards out and then I don't actually know what he was doing at the third, 
it's hard to describe what the mistake was. He just kind of done nothing, did he? Um, you know, it doesn't matter what your tactics are. If your players are doing that, then you're onto a bit of a loser. So I suppose I've calmed down a bit. And as I say, when I rewatched it on Sunday, some of the attacking play going forward in the second half, um, again, slight, you know, sliding doors moments. Uh, roof hits the post. If that clips inside the post and goes in, we're four-two, and we've came away, um, you know, with the three points. And yeah, as as Chris said, we're in the title race, and we just have to get used to it. That that's uh, looking into Wednesday's game. I did want to talk about the what we're calling the momentum swing and the title race, and it's absolutely. Oh, we're still very much in. Um, yeah, we're still very much getting used to being back, um, challenging for for titles because that the seasons before last season we fell away halfway through the season. You know, um, so since coming back, I would say this is the second. But even last season, when the title race, we were just an absolute juggernaut. So, first time in a long time that this could potentially go down to the wire. But that's, you know, with me growing up uh, through the 2000s, the uh, Advocate, McLeish, Smith teams, like Rangers have generally won a league on a single goal. Um, and this is what title races feel like. Um, Mason, are arm glass half full kind of guy. Um, some will call it naive, some will just call it plain thick. But going into going into Wednesday, um, I, I still think Rangers are the better squad. Like regardless of what happens in the transfer window today, we are the better squad, and we've got enough to win this league this season. But um, sorry, I've kind of sidetracked my own point. But I suppose the point I'm making is point I made in Saturday is every team will have a a flush run in self you're going through there's and every team in every league will have some sort of dip and I think Rangers are going through the, uh, uh, this dip in form under Geo anyway um, I think what what will decide where the title lies is how long this dip lasts for Rangers Yeah look <clears throat> I was I said fuming like we all were uh, the, the final whistle Saturday but especially I said when they scored in, in uh, injury time as well but I sort of thought about it and thought Do you know what Wednesday's the perfect game for us that's the kind of game you want after a result and the way the game went Saturday because they're, they're so confident. You know, we, have, we for me, have got the best best 11, best squad. So we got nothing to fear for me. Um, I think if we go there and get the three points, a <clears throat> draw's not a bad result for us, but we want to go there and win. We want to go and put down a marker. I think if we go there there and beat them, um, especially when there's not, none of our fans there, they will go, that will go, we'll kick on and I think they'll go the other way. So, um, for me, it's, it's a perfect game for us, and um, you know, I, I agree. I agree. We do hit a dip in in in, um, in in every season, but I think that I think that we, we've 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 gone in and out of performances this season. I don't I don't think that we've been as good as we can be. So I'm expecting this squad, um, especially with Aaron Ramsey, hopefully walking through the door, that to give him an extra ten percent, which they should have anyway for this game, and um, we should go there, win the midfield, which will be key. Um, and uh, and win the game. Um, so you know, Rebo Saturday. I don't know how they're going to deal with a Rebo. I just I just watch him in a minute, and he's just you know he, he's class. And I think we've got to go there and get him. I'm a little bit worried that way that Geo sets up a little bit. I hope he doesn't say to them, "Go on and have a go at us and go at us, and we'll sit in for an hour and try and pick them off because that will suit them because they're fast starters. You know what I mean? So if they you know they. <clears throat> Set, they normally tie a second half, so but I think if we go and get the, the goals early, go and get a couple early or, or threaten to get a couple early, I think we'll win the game. So, um, 
No, I'm looking forward to it. And, I, and just adding to that, I hope that Diallo starts as well. I think that looks like a really good signing. Just on that, Chris, I think if Rangers can apply the same momentum they had for chasing the third in Ross County to even even 60 minutes on Wednesday, if they play with that same vigour, that same intensity um, going forward, Celtic's defence is no secret it can be got at. And I think... I'm with Mason there. I'd start Diallo. Kent's been off the boil, but he, he it's frustrating at times because you know what he can do. He may not kick his ass against Ross County, but you know he can play against Celtic. So I'm no no worries that Rangers will score on Wednesday. Without a doubt, like um, you know, I think this group of players, you know, we owe it to them that they've shown us in these performances. For years now, that that they they're going to get the better of of Celtic, so we need to give, you know give them that sort of confidence for ourselves to to them that they're going to do it. There's not going to be any more fans there, um. So for for me, I'm I'm confident that the players will, will be able to get themselves over the line and, and do a job there. They've obviously done that for um the last couple of years, um after the heartbreak of the cup final, um and I I think. Personally, um, I agree with um, Mason in terms of I don't want us to sit in and soak up the pressure. Um, the last time that we done that under Gerard was was actually Gerard's first game against them um, after we qualified uh, for uh, the Europa League uh, away in Russia, and I was at that game um, and we, we just totally absorbed all the all the pressure. And it was such a hard watch, you know. The players were knackered. We only narrowly got beat, um, but certainly it wasn't. It wasn't how you want to be doing that, and and I hope that isn't the case um, as we as we progress in the game, obviously on Wednesday. But I think for us, in terms of our fast players, the counter attack, um, they're going to need to watch for that in behind without a doubt. And as we saw, their manager really only has one way of playing, and he kind of sticks with that. So we know what he's going to bring, obviously, and what they're going to go. They're going to have the the rock and roll fast pace start without a doubt. But certainly, I think we can we can pick them off. Um, and I've, I've not watched a lot of their football this year I've watched them when they've played the better teams i.e. Bayer Leverkusen I'm not saying we're as good as them but certainly they can be picked up without a doubt um, and I agree with, although they score goals in injury time um, I do agree from the sort of 60 minutes onwards they, they certainly the intensity drops so it'll be interesting I think it'll be quite tactical from our point of view I think uh, you know Gio will try and put that in place in terms of trying to you know match them and get get the right tactics in place but if we can catch them on a counter attack and take our chances then I think we could have a good night in Wednesday I certainly don't fear them um, um, and that's based on the last few years of, of getting the results um, and I think there's wee bits of similarities in um, the you know the the Ryan Jack game where uh, we scored the Ibrooks and, and we put everything into that game um, and we won and then we come back and sort of you know we never done so well after that so even if the result doesn't go our way on Wednesday as I said it's a title race there's still what 14 games to go so um, I, it's there's a lot of twists and turns but I think if we can get a result on Wednesday um, it's it will be more than more than just the three points I think it will be a marker for for moving forward but. They'll be confident, but I think your players will be as well. Steve, what Chris was talking about there um, about no no fear in Celtic. What what has given me confidence is is this same core group of players who they not only don't fear Celtic, they do have that contempt for them. They raise their game against them, and I find the the games where Rangers have struggled this season are games where we've wholeheartedly expected to win. Um, and I do see is raising the uh, raising our performance levels because there is more pressure on Rangers to uh, 
to to get me Celtic here. Um, so saying that, I'm kind of changing my tune a wee bit from Saturday, and I actually think I would, um, I would keep the same team, bar either Sakala or Roof in place of Vitten. Would you make any changes? Yes, I, I agree with what you're saying there, uh, changing it and out for, I think I would go, yeah, yeah, Ruth Sakala, it's a toss-up for me. Um, I would also change the midfield. I would like to see Ryan Jarrett come back in there. I think he brings composure. I would, um, I think I would, I think Kamara is a great player, but I don't think he's a great player if he's in there as the kind of leader and the main person. I think he plays much better when he's got a Davis or Jack next to him and they seem to, kind of guide him through a game and, and I think it takes a wee bit of the onus off him and he just gets on with his own game I think on sort of Saturday I, well I, I looked at him as the sort of main midfielder in there and I thought he was quite disappointing um, so yeah kind of midfield three I'd like to see Kamara or uh, and Jack I don't think Davis will make it or uh, Kamara Arfield and then Aribo is the one that kind of goes forward this is the one game that I would play a more kind of two defensive midfielders and uh, your kind of one attacker. Um, just one point in the game on uh, Wednesday, it kind of baffles me about how Celtic are um, portrayed as these pocky underdogs. They've spent like 25 million quid in the summer. I just, I don't get that. If, like, they're trying to say that, and some Rangers fans did expect Rangers to run away with it again, but see, as long as Celtic beat the other teams, that immediately closes the gap. There's nothing we can do about that. And if you've spent 25 million quid in Scotland in a transfer window, you should be winning the league. So you should. If, if Rangers spent 25 million quid in one transfer window, I would expect them to win the league. Rangers are spending 25 million in one month for Aaron Ramsey's wages, to be fair. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, um, but uh, So I, I don't really get that narrative, to be honest. Um, it's almost like uh, people are trying to take the pressure off them um, and put them on Rangers. As far as squad strength goes, even if we get beaten Wednesday, I still think we've got a better squad. And I, I mean, I do like to sit. I, I do like to think that I can assess, you know, sit and look at both squads. Yeah, got blue tinted specs on, but if they've got better players than us, I don't think I'm I'm so sort of entrenched that, that I can't admit that. But um, yeah, I'd be confident for the rest of the season, to be honest. No matter what happens on Wednesday, and yeah, I think replace it in. And Kamara, Jack, Aribo midfield, and I, I think they can go there and do a job. There we go, listeners. We went for the highs of signing Aaron Ramsey to, you know, the the low of Ross County and back up to beating Celtic on Wednesday and going on and win the league. So I think that's as nice a place as any to finish up. Um, Thank you all for listening as, as always. Um, and just to echo what we what we spoke about at the start, get in touch with Man on Inverclyde. If Andy's struggling, whether it's just a bad day or a bad year, or you know somebody who's um, who, who could who could be using some help, get in touch with Man on. Message uh, the podcast. Um, DMs are always open um, for, for anybody. So all that's left to do is find my. Three wonderful guests. I, I really enjoyed that the night there, uh, boys. I really needed to get everything out after Saturday. Um, so I'm going to come down to these. Um, uh, you can say your goodbye and give me a prediction for Wednesday night as always. So, Mason, thanks for joining us, mate. Yeah, no, thanks for having us. Um, 
Um, no, I'm going to go with... Uh, oh, do you know what? I'm struggling to pick a result. I think we'll win. I'm going to go... I'm gonna go two 0 I'm gonna go two 0 win. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, yeah two 0 We're gonna score the first two goals in the first half. That's what I'm gonna go with. Quite bold with that, but uh, but no, I just want to get a win. Um, just got a win. Going to the Green Man on on Wednesday. So a little shout out for them. It's gonna be buzzing. So hopefully we get the the three points and um, you know we can we can celebrate that. Uh, when uh, when the ninetieth minute whistle goes and we went, I want a video of the raw in the green man. I'm sure it'll be something to behold. No, you'll get one. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Chris, thanks for joining me. Always a pleasure. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thanks again for obviously the shout out for for man on. Um, massively appreciated. Um, I, I I think again. I think we'll I think we'll win. Um, on Wednesday, um, I'm, I'm confident uh, getting the result that we need just the way we set up 2-1 um, um, to Rangers. And just as a wee uh, disclaimer, um, if Aaron Ramsey does not sign, I never rated him anyway. You know, he's average, <laughs> so aye. But uh, no, hopefully um, that gets announced. But 2-1 to Rangers on Wednesday, I'm confident that, that, that we can do what's required. Yeah, me too. Steve, thanks very much for joining us, mate. And um, Aye, after a long hard day at work, <laughs> appreciate you taking the time. No worries, Colin. Um, just like to take the opportunity to say thanks to likes of Chris and everybody else who works in the mental health sort of um, industry because I've just recently had somebody in my family that's struggled with it and uh, I've ne- never experienced it up until then. Uh, so yeah, people like him and people that work at other charities and that are a uh, godsend. So thanks very much, Chris. Um, as for the football on Wednesday, because I'm absolutely horrendous at predictions, I'm going to say 2-2. Um, and I just hope that I sort of jinx the 2-2 and we end up winning 3 or 4-0. But as I said before, I think I'm still confident we'll win the league no matter what happens on Wednesday. Thanks for having us on. And I'm right up in my neck and says it'll be a... It'll be a tense 1-0 victory for Angels um, and it'll just take the wind right out of their sails and we'll go on a run from then on and heard it here first. But I have been wrong before, that's why the podcast is free. But on that note, thank you. Thank you for listening, everybody. We are the people. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.